0: also known as the Great White North, famous for its astonishing natural wonders, for the winter sport ice hockey and for being a multicultural land. We're surely talking about Canada. Canada country is divided into 10 provinces and three territories and is home to about 38 million people according to the latest World Bank numbers in 2021. From this number, about 21% are immigrants, attracted by the country's multiculturality, life quality, economic strength and stability. Besides this residence, only its capital, Toronto, has received about 28 million people in 2019, a reflection of it having so much to offer in terms of entertainment and culture. Another factor that attracts tourists and immigrants is the variety of cool to cold climates they can experience in the country. All four seasons can, in fact, be perceived in the land, even though winter seems to be undoubtedly the tourist's favorite one. So, when picturing Canadian culture as a whole, have you ever stopped to think on how straightly the weather itself is related to it? Most searched activities by tourists include snowboarding and skiing, visits to Churchill, a small town known as the polar bear capital of the world, and icy hockey matches. But that's not all. According to Laura Newson, regular collaborator writer to the Canadian encyclopedia, winter figures largely in Canada's climate, cultural experience and mythology. Every aspect of life in Canada is affected by winter, whether by heavy rains on the west coast, isolation during the long arctic winters, raging blizzards across the prairies or huge snowfalls in eastern Canada. Winter is reflected in Canadian art, literature, music, fashion, pastimes and attitudes, says Laura. But, how much does winter influence these factors? To start with, it's important to bear in mind it can get really cold during winter, depending on where you are in the country, with temperatures reaching minus 45 degrees Celsius. We all know fashion, for example, is, by norm, a product of its environment. So, considering this average temperature, one could think Canadian fashion would hardly be focused on making one look its best, but instead, much more concerned on being effective against the low temperatures. But Canadians have managed to develop garments which are effective against cold and fashionable at the same time. Usual outfit is composed by layers and layers of clothing and can count on a special technology on underwear to keep you warm and lab tested waterproof shoes. On this way, colors are the choice to make the look more vibrant and warmer. Even on darker compositions, it's pretty common finding at least one colorful accessory or garment comprising the looks you picture on the streets there. Besides color tendencies, many worldwide trends had their origin in Canada as well, like the blanket coats, toques, sweatsuits, and even the leggings, which became so popular all around the world. But fashion is not, definitively, the only aspect influenced by the cold. When it comes to the Canadian celebrations, all the most popular festivals are based on wintertime thematic. We could cite... Igloo fest, a four-week electronic music festival on Montreal which includes a neon winter wear competition named Igloo Swag. Another important celebration, Winterlude takes place in a tower consisting of a three-weeks all-things winter fest. The complete experience involves ice skating, playing ice hockey and taking part in a bed race. Teams decorate beds and slide them down the kennel at top speed. And those are just two of thousands of festivals celebrating wintertime occurring in Canada yearly. Unfortunately, winter doesn't only mean celebration to northern people. In countries with such harsh temperatures as Canada, some individuals may develop seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, season depression or winter depression in North America. Sad consists of a type of depression associated to the seasonal lack of sunlight. Its symptoms may include low energy, social contact avoidance, loss of interest or pleasure in activities, and fatigue. This is a serious problem and deserves attention. The diagnosis demands physical professional examination, lab exams to be done, and psychological evaluation. Fortunately, It comes on treatment nowadays, based mainly on phototherapy, which includes daily exposition to a special light box in the very first morning hours, every day. This has been showing itself effective for most of the patients in relieving sad symptoms. Another cultural aspect largely influenced by winter in Canada is its folklore, especially among indigenous peoples. Sikuzi, the Inuit myth of an ice worm capable of melting igloos, has a strong place in the popular imaginary, for example. It's pretty interesting to observe how the oral traditions involving the Sikuzi myth counts on a range of different terms for ice and snow, with proper words for, for example, fine snow, soft deep snow, snow on the ground and many, many others. This richness in naming the variations of the element is a clear reflection on the relevance of the same element in their lives. According to the writer Laura Newson from the Canadian Encyclopedia, Inuit describe ice and snow in ways that help them understand and deal with the environment in which they live and travel. Snow and ice are very important and often dangerous features of their cultural landscape and must be understood for survival. Precise communication about ice and snow features or conditions is vital and accounts for the diversity of terms used to describe them. It's interesting, isn't it? The cultural aspects listed here are just some of the ones reflecting Canada's climate characteristics, one influencing factor among uncountable others. What we should bear in mind when reflecting upon this is this place's diverse people and rich cultures certainly have unique traits and treasures to be delightfully discovered. Thanks for listening to this podcast and goodbye.